if we learned anything from the last three years is the more toxins we put into the system, the more we're, we're creating dysbiosis or disease within the cell structure itself. So it's creating more debris. And a lot of this debris is really dead debris. And it's got a lot of germs and other bacteria that are now affecting the cells. And that those cells then obviously lead into colds and flus and diseases and chronic illnesses later on. The best part about fasting is we get into our fat stores, we, we clean them up, we get into that so these states of ketosis, and then we then really get into these aspects of autophagy where the cells now fully excreted and it starts to then protect itself. So it starts to rebuild itself and then realistically it puts this beautiful protective coating in and around the cell itself and that is what creates immunity. So it's got this immune protective layering so the cells not only just rebuilt, but now it's got this beautiful protective coating. So it can't get any of these, these bad free radicals or bad bacteria that, that, that can get in and, and damage the cell. That will obviously over a period of time break down again. So the beautiful thing with fasting is if you were to do it once a month, it leads into you're protecting yourself from outside toxins. You know, we're getting toxins from the waters that we're drinking to the foods that we're eating to the air that we're breathing. So we're constantly under this bombardment. And the beautiful thing is we want to clean and clear the internal as opposed to putting more damaging chemicals or toxins in. I guess start by giving a bit of a, a, a summary of how you would explain who you are and what you do. Man, that's a, that's a good question. How I've come about is through pain and suffering, to be honest. Um, but in that same space, it's also been a beautiful experience. It's brought me to where I am right now. Um, I've had some some life-threatening injuries in the past that um, kind of put me on a whole other trajectory. And, and uh, in the past, I, I was an athlete when I was younger. Um, I'm a builder by trade. Man, I... I had a really severe incident where it really, um, really made me question what I was doing in my life and where I was going. You know, I felt like I was in a bit of a, I wouldn't say bit, I'd say I was in a really chaotic period, especially when I was training and I was racing. And um, I had a severe incident where I nearly died. I had, I got glassed in the face and had 263 internal stitches and um, was on the operating table within five hours of the, of the incident. And, um, it, it really made me question my life in the lead up to that. It was just before my 25th birthday. So it was kind of at a, at a you know, at a bit of a precipice in, in time. And it, uh, yeah, it made me really question who I was and what I was doing. And so I wanted to give back in service in some way. I didn't know how that looked. And at the time I had a couple of influences like asking, you know, talking to me while I was going through this process of like, I'd say more rediscovery and, um, and just healing at the same time. And so I ended up joining the military and um, my whole thing when I joined, it was just, all I wanted to do was I really wanted to just go and do special forces. I wanted to go and see if I had what it took to get into the special forces. 
And so I, um, yeah, I joined when I was 27 and did special forces selection with two commando when I was in 2000 and I think it was 2012. Yeah, it was 2012, 2011, 2012, something like that. And then, um, yeah, got through the whole selection process, um, absolutely love the selection process there's a there's a period in there that's called demarcation and demarcation is 72 hours no food no sleep no rest and it was something that i just distinctly remember sitting in the back of the mob at that time and the the director directional staff was sitting across from me and i was laughing this was at the very end and he, he's and he's like what are you laughing at i was i think i was number nine number 97 and uh what are you laughing at 97 i was like i just fucking love it <laughs> everyone else has fallen asleep and i just uh there's just something that in that moment that i was just like super appreciative just being able to test my my ability um my strengths my my mental capacity and uh not knowing that i didn't get broken down emotionally as well which is a big thing on, the, on those courses because we, we have so many complexities that we we have. You've got family life, you've got, you know, your normal social life and all those things. So it really brought me back into that moment where I was like, well, I'm super grateful for this experience. And uh, then I sustained a few injuries after that that um, that got the better of me. Um, I hurt my back and had a few other injuries, my left ankle and a couple of other bits and pieces. And... <clears throat> Um, over the time, it just wore me out and, uh, it took me into a really deep state of, of depression. And so when I ended up getting out of the military, I was, I was self-medicating a lot and, um, really, you know, on a really dark, destructive path and, and which is definitely not the way that I, I intended to set out on, on my journey with, you know, being of service. So, um when I got out, I was still struggling a lot of depressive aspects and um, that kind of snowballed into me finding my, my healing journey, so to speak. And uh, so I ended up um, speaking to a good friend of mine, Jake Stone, who he's on the Sunshine Coast, owns a, they built a company called Corrective Culture on Sunshine Coast, him and a him and Callum Krauss, two two really good guys doing some really really good stuff out there in the in the uh, health industry, and spoke to him. And at the time, he had a similar back injury, except his was a bit more severe. And it's like, man, go and speak to Donald Carr. He'll he, he's the man. You know, the check system it'll help you. You don't have to get surgery and, and uh, be able to sort you out. So that kind of like started the snowballing effect of. Of my uh, of my studies, and I ended up studying with Paul Check and in the Czech Institute, um, and really getting back into my health. You know, as a as an athlete, you you really are on that cutting edge of of realistically fine tuning all those little aspects within yourself to to want to get the maximum output. So it led me into uh, a deep dive into my healing and that was pretty much where it all began for me and and uh so yeah i i, I studied and just really uh, immersed myself into the fabric of of health nutrition 
uh, corrective movement and just understanding this anatomy, this this structure that we that we walk around in every day that is one of the most intricate things I think we can we can really experience. So that's pretty much where it all began for me. Really epic story. Like a as you were talking, I was like, it's so interesting to learn how and why people end up doing what they do. And I just think that was like a that was a brilliant way to summarize that. Like how did you how did you get here? Going back to the military, what was what was the one thing that you took away from that experience? Oh, there's there's a fair few to be honest. Um, I would have to say the resilience, and you know it's one of the credences of of the two commando motto: um, resilience in the face of adversity, to never give up. Yeah, yeah. So like with that, it's you. You have like for the for the most part with selection that not many people know about, I, I guess, it, is you have like what's called the individual phase, and that individual phase kind of kind of goes for about nine days, and uh, it's just you've got these like these markers that you have to tick off. You've got a twenty kilometer pack march under a certain time. You've got a webbing run under a certain time. You You've got to do, you know, you've got to call ordinance and all these, all these little tests. But the whole time, like from the time when they start selection, when they, un- when you have to unpack your whole kit, from that moment, it's like you're going to get fucked on. You're going to continuously get berated with, you know, DS in your face. And I worked it out over the six weeks of selection. We, we were r- roughly running on around three and a half to four hours of sleep a night on that for the, for the whole duration of the six weeks. So by the time you, you get to, you have like three, the three, the three days, and then you have another three day block where you go straight from, from the individual aspects into, um, into navigation where you're out navigating, um, by yourself, you're just getting, you'll speak to the directional staff, they'll give you new ordinance. You then, you know, walk to those coordinates, find your marker, walk all the way back. And you can and you roughly carrying for those three days, we, I think it was around roughly around 65, 70 kilos. And then I think I was, I'm pretty sure I stomped anywhere between 70 to 80 kilometers in three days. And you're only on ration packs while you're out there. So, the lead up to then going straight from from that aspect of of um, navigation to straight into demarcation. Now demarcation is is seventy two hours no sleep no rest no food as well and you're only just drinking water but you're doing superfluous tasks. So during the day you've got four hour blocks where you just moving logs from one side to the other. No one can speak to each other. There's only one person that can speak and that's the that's the the um the person that's in charge and he speaks to the staff. The staff give him the you know the um the task and then he speaks to the rest of everybody else. So nobody else can speak. And during this phase it we had torrential downpour for like three days in Singleton during this period. 
And so we were constantly saturated. And then we had in the middle of the days, we would have, um, we would have uh, PT for two and a half hours in the pool. So we would saturated during the day in the mornings and then in the evenings and then go and have a pool session in the middle of the day. So con like you've, I've never seen, I've never experienced or had or seen crumpet feet the way that we were, we had within our boots. It was disgusting. <laughs> so, um, so to realistically, like just for those, even just for those nine days, it was like, you you're being challenged beyond anything that most people can comprehend and we started selection with 153 guys and we finished with 33 guys um and that so it's a it's a it's a testament to everyone that not only just for everyone that finishes it but also just people that want want to I wouldn't even say challenge themselves, but it's more to really test themselves. And because that's, in my opinion, that's what I took away from it the most was I wanted to test myself to see what I was capable of and see under what duress can I really push, push myself with. And so, yeah, resilience, resilience for sure is what I took away from it. Mm. And it's, there was some really good points in there, I think, one that I'll hold on to, which I think will naturally make our way into is the idea of just how can the body sustain the energy and the strength and the, just how can it do what it can do without all of the nutrients and, and the sleep and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I will, I will park that, um, cause we'll get into it in a second, but you said 33 finished. What did you notice was the breaking point for people? When you saw people kind of drop off the perch, what do you think it was for them that they made the decision to be like, I'm done? Yeah. And, and it's a you really... would have observed a lot during that time. Yeah, you 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 do, but you don't because we're because everyone's split into like into small bricks you don't really see all the rest of the people dropping off. And because you're in an individual phase, they, the DS don't like you helping other people. They, they want to see them push and get through for themselves. What I really remember and what I know would be a lot of these soldiers that, you know, whether they've been in for 10 years or whether they've been in for four years, I would have to say it, it comes down to that outside worrying about family and um how that's impacting them on on course you know i, I didn't have family I, obviously i had my, my parents and, and my my sister but for me i didn't really need to think about any of those things whereas when you've got that added pressure of like i need to get through because i want to support my family better or i'm you know I'm on this course. I don't know how that's going to turn out. I'm going to be probably going overseas and I'm going to be leaving my family. There is hardship when you're experiencing this stuff. Like there's plenty of times where the, the mind's just running and it's like, what are you doing? Like just sign your card, hand it over. Like this is ridiculous. You know, you feel like a, 
there's there's times where it just felt like you're like a, a little mouse in a game you know it was <laughs> it was quite it was quite fascinating in that regard so fifth so then for you not having um I mean, obviously you had your, your family, but not a, a family of your own per se. What's like, what got you through it? Like it was, it was, it just, like you said, I mean, you got to a point where you were just, just transformed into gratitude, but like, what, what was it that kind of kept you going? I just don't like to give up. <laughs> and then this stubbornness that even if my body's falling apart, I felt like I needed to prove it to myself more than anything. Um, there's, you know, there's aspects of like why I joined. I joined completely different to most people. Um, a lot of the guys there are fairly fixated on wanting to go overseas and, and for lack of a better term, like kill people, which it didn't resonate with me. And the reason why I joined was I really wanted to be of service and, and to help. I felt like back then with the knowledge that I had, we were actually going over it and being more beneficial than detrimental um, and helping countries that needed you know support in regards to certain aspects was of what was taking place. Um, as my as I grew <laughs> and uh, and observed things greater and researched and looked into things that technically wasn't the case. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, for me, it was, it was realistically just this stubbornness that was like, I'm not giving up. I know, I know this ends. I know where it leads. And I just had a, a you know, with a background of, of everything that I've done in my life, I found, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say easy. Of course, it was challenging. The, the part for me was, it was exciting and I was getting paid to do it. It was something that kind of enlivened within me. It was like, cool, I'm going to challenge myself and see what I've actually got and see if I can be broken. Um, you know, and that's, Selection is just one one part of the criteria of the whole, the bigger picture. And, um, you know, you go on to reinforcement cycle after that, where you're just going, doing back-to-back -back courses. And we would, it was literally like we were still on, on selection when we were doing those courses. It, 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 I think from what I understand now, it's fairly, it's changed a bit now, just because the amount of guys that were being broken afterwards, you know, I sustained a fair few injuries on, on multiple different courses and it, and it took its toll on me. It, it really battered me in regards to my, like psychologically, just cause it was so continuous and to then go and see a medical staff that if anything was kind of severe, they would pull you off course. And, you know, I, I, I got there really, really quickly. I got there within a year and a half of being at my unit, which is kind of unheard of. Um, but I worked my ass off to get there. And so it was like, this wasn't just selection for me. It was like, a year and a half get into got to my unit i was there for a year and i worked and i and i i just made sure that i was at the top of my game and all over my my um my infantry skills my um and so there was this just this continuation for me and it was like i'm not giving up 
I've come too far. Like I've got too much. I've got too much to lose, and I, I think that's where some guys get back and settle back into that complacency and go, oh, my life's not so bad back there. Um, whereas I was just like, no, I know where I'm going. Yeah, so that's that was pretty much it. It's just this 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 drive that's in me that that wants to be better so I can be of better service to others. And Well, I mean, it brings us into, because what I take from that too is that you put yourself through some, some hardship, uh, being through some hardship involuntarily as well, <laughs> yeah. um, but, but voluntarily, and it's, it's led you to a, a place that is very authentic, which is in the space that I want to dive into, which is, the topic of fasting because it was something that um, I experienced recently yeah. for, the, for the first time um, and something that you recently did as well. So I did a 72-hour fast. You did a 120-hour fast. Um, and when there was this information coming in as we were going through the process, I could see how sure knowledgeable but passionate and and driven you were by this whole system and the protocol and just the the practice in general and so i think fasting has has been around for a long time but i think for me my eyes were really opened in i guess diving into my own experience but also learning why it's so important and learning more about why people do it and not only the physical uh, benefits, but the mental and the emotional and the spiritual sure. side of it all as well, which I think for me going through that period, not that, not that I ever thought I would throw in the towel during my 72 hours. I actually had a really great experience. Um, but it creates that deeper sense of why, yeah. of, of, of why we do these things, um, and why they're important rather than just kind of going in blindly. And so I thought there's no better person to bring on than you to, to help unpack that and then be able to back it up with more of the science and more of the, more of the intricacies and what's actually going on during this process. Yeah. Um, so I guess talk to me about, talk to me about your personal experience recently. Cause like I said, as I was doing the 72 hour fast, you were doing the 120, um, Take me through your personal experience in that. Yeah, 120. It's it feels to me like it's a it's the perfect zone for me because I've done so many of them now. I feel really at ease by the time I'm in the third day, so I don't really get too many symptomatic issues previous to those two days. Sorry, previous to that the third day. So moving into the fourth and fifth, it's. It's just the continuation of the third. And when I get through that 72-hour barrier, it's like, oh, cool. I've only got two more days left. You know, so I've only got 48 hours. And it's like, well, I'll just, I'll finish it off. Um, The things that I notice the most is the subtleness um, of how our nervous system is operating. And so... I usually dive fairly deep in when I'm doing my fast because I really want to see the unconscious programmings that are running. You know, what 
what's the story we're telling ourselves during the process? And I'm sure you experienced, you know, this during yours where we will, we will make, we will literally make up a story just to feed the narrative and just go, oh yeah, that's so much easier. I'll just do that. So, you know, the, the aspects of, oh, you should just eat. It's not a big deal. You've already done 72 hours and it's like, and then you feel your nervous system and how it, how it, it's wired and how the, the body will start to then react and respond to that. And so the, what I notice the most is with the nervous system, if something is really, if we're wired and we're, and we're on and we're in that, that fight of, uh, that state of fight or flight in the sympathetic nervous state, we will generally not only have the thoughts and the association to those thoughts, but we'll end up creating the feeling and the emotion that's going to then drive an external experience. And so, you know, the whole saying of what we're experiencing internally is also reflected externally. Um, when, you know, if we get into a lot of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, it really becomes prevalent. And, and the thing with it is, it's like, it's just the story we're telling ourselves. So for me, when I'm going through these periods, I usually will get, want to use certain tools, breathing techniques, um, you know, shaking those kinds of, you know, somatic releases just to let the nervous system reset and, and get out of that, that fight or flight where it's like, ah, it needs to, well, you know, getting into that storytelling. And then it's just like, no, it's just the story. I don't really need to, to dive into that story and, and feed it any more energy that it already has. And so I usually go through like reframing aspects. So like whatever the story is that I'm telling myself, I'll tell myself the opposite. You know, if I'm, if I'm sitting there saying I need to eat, I'll just sit there and say, no, I feel really good right now. And, you know, there's other little hacks that we can do. Like, you know, if we are getting hungry and we are thinking about food, grabbing a pinch of Celtic sea salt or, or, um, or pink Himalayan salt and just put it on the tongue. We get minerals straight in. Um, and usually I'll just wash it down with some water once it's, once I've, um, you know, it's turned into it more of a, a liquid substance or just wash it down with water and, and generally speaking that will nullify the, the hunger cravings that we get um, so with within that that scope my experience is is generally always very insightful because there's always a new layering of something that will then come to the surface for me to to observe and to work through I mean I definitely I, I definitely noticed that as well like going through that process that that like you said it's the narrative it's actually not hunger mm. it's not like it's it starts in the mind like it's the mind saying hey grab some food that was probably my biggest thing is reaching for food out of boredom <laughs> and out of just wanting some kind of release and yeah. just wanting to to satisfy um to satisfy the ego or satisfy myself and purely just having something to do. And I guess it comes back to 
when we were speaking about the military and it's you're going through these incredible feats over the course of 72 hours because coming into the fast two before you had touched on it i was like oh well, if i'm gonna do a fast i gotta make sure that like i'm resting the body like i'm not training too hard i'm not like i'm not overexerting myself i've got to retain my energy but that kind of went out the window i was like from everything that you were saying but then also my own experience still continuing training going to jiu-jitsu walking um it's like i experienced none of that fatigue and i experienced none of that feeling of like well like my body really needs food um and that was you know that was something i didn't really expect yeah it's the body is so resilient in its essence and it's such a it's such an intricate amazing design like it, the more that i've dived into it the the more i'm just baffled with the incredibleness of of what of what we get to walk around in um you said it the best like the as soon as we let go of the narrative or the story and we just go about the process and 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 continue to do those things like going to jujitsu um we're gonna get the body's just gonna adapt really really quickly that's the beautiful thing about the, this vessel is it 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 the adaptability of it when we get out of our own way is is profound um so it can it can it can do everything it needs to you know if we go back to the hunter gatherer kind of concept and aspect of you know our this you know structure within our dna um they knew that they had to go and hunt they knew that they had to to or we knew we had to go and um you know we're going to go on on these you know three five day journeys before we'd find food and the lead up to that knowing that the the food is being in short short supply for the for the rest of the tribe these hunters would have to then obviously get into that mindset and go cool we're not eating for 3 to 5 days or 7 days however long that takes until we find our next prey kind of thing so um the adaptability that the body has is 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 so profound and and that's one of the things i really do enjoy um, about testing not only just with with fasting itself but just in general is really seeing what what we are made of and the best thing with fasting is it, it really highlights that that story of what we're telling ourselves and you know like you like you shared and, and how what a powerful experience that you had where you you kind of wipe that story away and just went about your day anyway and was like Oh, I'm going to go to jujitsu, and what you found is you had the reserves to to get through and and finish seventy two hours and still still doing jujitsu and still working and and um you know still having those energy reserves to do the things that you do. So it's a testament to like how you came into it, how you also were processing it, and then also how you came out of it too. So it's. Yeah, it's really it's really cool to it's really cool to hear your experience and how how um how you kind of went through the process with it. Going into it as well, I kind of I remember feeling on that first day 
drank a juice 6 p.m. the night before and then slept and then went into that first day. But um, it was really interesting getting about getting to the afternoon on the first day and just going like, I haven't experienced any of the the hunger or the craving. And I think it was purely just because I'd prepared for it. And I was like, I told myself that I'm going into this. You said it quite well at the start, you experienced subtleties. Mm. And I think for me, there was this subtlety in just being like, I'm not going to eat. Like that's, that's the story. Like I'm not going to eat for this period of time. And so you get rid of any kind of story or narrative that can come in that goes, it's time to eat because I'm I'm prepared not to eat. (laughs) And as simple as that sounds, it's so interesting how the body reacts so well to that. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny because, you know, yourself and and, um, one of the other guys, I think it was Josh, wrote in and was like, I'm bored and I just want to eat. And it's like knowing that that's what we do, knowing that we're just filling in time and we don't realize that majority of the time we are just emotionally eating because it's just something that we just want to fill with whatever we're experiencing and going through. Like obviously we want to eat when we need to eat because we we want those those energetical, the energy and, and the information to come in and, and support us. But it's 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 such an interesting one to to really witness when you when you aren't eating and you're just like, oh, I feel like eating because I'm bored. <laughs> These cravings that we have, we we really get to see them for what they are, and and to really sit with them to to like know why we're we're having these cravings. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it's such a, it's such a, a, a funny one in that sense because the body's always wanting to move and it's wanting to, um, to some degree because it's so used to it, just wants to consume. And when we take that away, we get stuck in the, the mental aspect of like, what am I going to do now to fill in this time? Um, so that's where it's, it's very fascinating because we have to then really sit with the process of, well, what's the driving factor with that? Why am I, why? And you you said this before in regards to the reasons why, like, why, why are we doing this? And, and that's really, it's realistically to take a break, allowing the body to, to take time to reset to have a break, to let the organs um, function so they can get rid of the the toxins and any buildup that they've been, that they've had overloaded for a period of time. They get to, they get to like process all that stuff and, and realistically start to then clean themselves out properly. And that's one of the, the beautiful things of of fasting is they get to clear it out. They get to clean themselves. They get a, a reset for themselves. So then when we actually start to then take on new uh, energy and information, which is food, um, we have a new 
a new profound outlook on on what that's actually doing for us and how that's supporting us. Perfect segue because that's that was my next question is why like why do we do this? Like what are what are the benefits? I mean, it's I guess it's one of the, one of those things that until people experience it it's hard to put into words because the the emotional and the spiritual and the mental side is it's an intangible thing that is subjective yeah. for a lot of people and i think it's to explain it gave me resilience and to explain that it gave me clarity and and this and that it's not a very compelling argument or or a compelling reason for someone to go okay well i'm now going to go and do it because there's so many ways that you can do that right but then moving into the physical element and what's going on internally, obviously we can't see what's going on inside of us. That's something that I really wanted to dive into and look at, okay, well, throughout this process, um, what is actually what is actually happening? So take me take me through, I guess, a bit of a high level of from from the start to the finish, say of a three day fast, right. what what is happening in the body during that time, over, over the course of those those days? So within the first twelve to twenty four hours, the body starts to break down soluble fats. It starts to break like starts to get into our fat stores. That's where we're going to get most of the hunger issues. Uh, it, it's not getting the carbohydrates or the the sugars that it needs to sustain itself. So it's going to then go, okay, well, I need the next best thing. So I'm going to get into the, these fat stores and starts to draw the, the information or the nutrients from, from those stores. Then we then move into roughly into around that 36 to 48 hour mark. And we start to then get into ketosis where the body's going where the body has to produce ketones and that's it's a really powerful thing in that space because ketosis is is a very intricate part of our structure where it's breaking itself down to to have more to create more energy if that makes sense um and so during that period, we start to then move from like these, these hunger kind of issues to more, more subtle aspects where the, the liver and the kidney, they're now getting to cleanse and flush themselves out. They're, they're drawing more nutrients into them to then help them detoxify the, the stomach and the intestine and the colon they you know they're cleaning and clearing their stuff out and especially with a water fast you're you, we're bringing in more water than than food so we we're getting to flush the system and and during this period it's it's part of what i call the five processes of assimilation and elimination so the five processes of assimilation and elimination are you know first we have our thoughts and and how they interact and how they take precedence so if we have stinking thinking, so to speak, we it's going to create more of a chemical input and it's going to stress the body differently. So if we're thinking negatively all the time, we're 
you know, our whole vibrational aspect because we're mainly, we're, you know, we're made up of 70% of water. So there's plenty of studies on, on, on the structure of water when we, when we put a negative uh, thought or, or an energy towards the, the water, it actually turns into like a disgusting clump kind of thing as well. Whereas if we're using the positive aspects and we're putting a positive intention into the water, it actually, when it crystallizes, it turns into this beautiful geometry, like, uh, like geometry kind of shape. And so the same thing with, with what we're doing with our thoughts, because our thoughts are sending the intention that the thoughts are creating that energetical frequency. We're doing that. It's the same thing within the crystalline structures and the waters within us, within our body. So that's the first and foremost one that I look, I generally look at, not just with, with fasting, but also like with, with just deep detoxing as well. So that's one of the first, the first process of a simulation and elimination. Then we've got defecation. Now, not so much with, with fasting that, that we're really strictly looking at that because the most, the three that we are looking at the most is respiration, uh, respiration, perspiration, and urination. So they're realistically the three that I cover the most when, when going through a fast and especially taking people through fasting periods. So we want to make sure that the lymph nodes are open so we can actually perspire and get the sweat glands to open and get the dermatomes to, to open so we can get a, a really good perspiring to take place. Generally, like getting in a sauna is going to be really beneficial as well during this period. Then obviously with urination, we want to make sure that we're flushing the 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 debris that takes place as we get into more into the, the, the latter stages from that 48 hours to the 72 hours of where we get into what's called autophagy. Now autophagy, in my opinion, is the most important part of, of any kind of fasting. It starts to really ramp up and, and kind of goes on this massive big curve towards its peak. And we're reaching near peak autophagy at around 72 hours after that it's like a gradual incline it's it's not so much more you don't really get the same effects as what you do within the 72 hours with autophagy um so autophagy is the cell excretion itself and this is really important especially after the last you know three years with with the whole covid thing um is really important because when we when the cell gets to excrete all the dead debris, that's where it starts to then rebuild itself and draws on these nutrient reserves off the you know through the from soluble fats and those kinds of things, and the amino acids and the humeric fulvic acids that we can take and and all the the really important minerals and trace minerals that the body needs, all these crystalline structures within our body. It will draw and then start to rebuild itself with the with the really good, powerful um, minerals and other aspects. So the cell gets to replenish itself. It gets to excrete and get rid of all the dead debris. And if we learn anything from the last three years, is the more toxins we put into the system, the more we're we're creating 
dysbiosis or disease within the cell structure itself. So it's creating more debris. It's and and a lot of this debris is really dead debris, and it's got a lot of you know germs and other bacteria that are now affecting the cells, and that those cells then obviously lead into colds and flus and and um, and you know diseases and chronic illnesses later on. So the best part about fasting is we go through you know we get we get into our fat stores, we we clean them up. We get into that so these states of ketosis, we and then we then really get into these aspects of autophagy where the cells now fully excreted and it starts to then protect itself. So it starts to rebuild itself and then realistically it puts this beautiful protective coating in and around the cell itself. And that is what creates immunity. So it's got this immune protective layering, and you know. So the cell is not only just rebuilt, but now it's got this beautiful protective coating. So it can't get any of these these bad free radicals or bad bacteria that 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 can get in and, and damage the cell. Now that take that will obviously over a period of time break down again. So the beautiful thing with fasting is if you were to do it once a month and to do a seventy two hour to do a seventy two hour fast once a month, it leads into you know, you're protect you're protecting yourself from outside toxins. You know, we're getting toxins from the waters that we're drinking, to the foods that we're eating, to the air that we're breathing. So we're constantly under this bombardment. And the beautiful thing is we want to get we want to clean and clear the internal as opposed to putting more damaging chemicals into the or toxins in. And so that's why I really cover those three most importantly, especially on the fast, urination, perspiration, and defecation. With urination on the fast, we want to make sure that we're not peeing clearly. We want to make sure that the the when we when we are urinating, we want to make sure that there's like a a nice yellow undertone. It's still it's 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 clear clear by color, but it's got a nice yellow undertone. That means that we're not depleting ourselves of of all of our minerals. When it's really clear, we're depleting ourselves of a lot of our minerals that we, that we need for our body to uh, to still uh, function optimally, especially the trace minerals. So putting a pinch of Celtic sea salt or pink Himalayan sea salt into a liter of water is really, really important. Um, and then during that, you can still take magnesium, you know, as long as it doesn't have any flavors in there. You can take NMN because NMN's part of the anti-aging process. So with autophagy, when when the cell excretes, it actually starts to rebuild and releases natural um, anti-aging uh, proponents in our system. So we can enhance that with taking things like NMN or NAC or NAD. They're, they're part of what is what's naturally occurring within us but we can also help entice that so that's the anti-aging aspect and there's a big there's a whole big movement with the anti-aging um thing at the moment and i not that i don't agree with some of the stuff that's out there it's more a lot more people are just wanting to supplement and put more things in than actually understand how this incredible system functions and so we need to clean and clear things so we can optimize it 
and we can live a more energetical, more connected life, in my opinion. So they're the they're the main proponents that I realistically um, cover when I'm working with people with this. And um, you know, there's other things that we can take during that process. You know, antimicrobial things like uh, oregano oil and and those kinds of things that help you know just deter some of the b- bacteria that that's still prevalent and just so we just to give everyone more insight like the the human anatomy we're made up of 90 percent of bacteria or germs so to speak and we're at 10 percent human so the the big thing with this is we get to eradicate the bad bacteria the the overgrowth the fungal aspects the the parasitic aspects that, that that get into our system and that can override it and that lead us into you know aspects of inflammation and and getting deeper into the constructs of you know disease and and, and chronic illnesses or you know the statistics are alarming right now with I think we're roughly at around 92 to 94 percent of the human population has an autoimmune issue and they don't even realize it um, so these these tools, I like to call them tools because the body will adapt and, and utilize the 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 method and they're tools for longevity, they're tools for us to experience more life, more more energy within ourselves. And that's more connection. And the more that we can connect deeper with our with our experience, the better our life is gonna be. So these tools that I have that I utilize with, with when I'm working with clients, especially rebalancing their health, they, you know, with, with fasting in particular, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a challenge. It's a mindset. It's also very rewarding for the, for the system itself, for the body itself. So they're the, they're the proponents in which I cover the most and, um, and just educating people on that to, so they have a profound experience for for themselves, and this will probably lead into something else that is important: is the symptomatic issues. So I'll leave that there for the moment, and um, that's pretty much it in a nutshell <laughs> for you. Man, it was it's so it's good, a lot. like so good. <laughs> but again, it just deepens that why it's so important. Um, and I think you touched on some really really great things and it, it was the the direction I was going to take it is now leading into a lot of these symptomatic issues I mean there's a couple of things that um came up for for the other lads who were in the group for me personally I had a lot of pressure coming up through my jaw but I think ultimately what was really eye-opening was was really looking at how the how the body reacts and how it responds in different ways throughout the process. So I'll leave it more open to you, but what, what are some of the symptoms that people experience throughout the process of fasting and what's really going on? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. It's a deep dive too. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the symptomatic issues that most people get is that it's a drawing effect. So we will experience pain in certain parts of the body where we've got over inflammation 
Um, inflammation is a really, really fascinating one to get into because we have, because of the, the, the way that modern society is, is set up with how fast paced everything is. So it's just easy to go and get fast foods and, and these, you know, processed foods, a lot of mold toxicity is getting into our system. Again, this gets into bacteria, this gets into, you know, and fungus and, and parasitic issues because at the end of the day, bacteria is fungus and fungus is bacteria and, and so forth. So a lot of inflammation is mainly due to fungal parasite infections. It's not to say that we need to be worried and, oh, I've got this and it's... The, it, it, it's not that, it's more to be aware of what these symptoms are actually explaining to us. So like mm -hmm. with yours, with your jaw, for instance, if we get into more of a somatic aspect, um, you, you, are, you obviously own a podcast, you talk a lot. And so the jaw and the malleable itself is really, really important because in a hierarchical structure, the malleable, how we masticate and how our jaws moving is obviously going to affect in and around our C1 juncture at the back, just underneath. It's our, it's what is called or termed the atlas, and that's what the cranium sits on. So, if the, if the malleable is is out of whack, it can also then affect the C1 juncture, and then everything below the C1 is a slave joint, so to speak. So, when we get into the that jaw proponent, there's a multitude of things that could be taking place. Um, but generally, if it's an ache, as opposed to something that's um, that's just more isolated, then I generally look at start to then look at deeper proponents of like, well, fungal fungal parasitic issues are, are very prevalent, especially they can get into all of everywhere in our body, they can get into our eyes, they can get into our brain, they can get into our bloodstream. And so they're things that I, that, that concern me, especially when people jump into the fasting kind of world without realistically addressing other health issues first. So I generally will always want people to make sure that they're functioning properly. So like when I'm working with clients, I won't take them through a fasting protocol unless I've done a really deep dive into, into a, a fun, any fungal parasite cleanse and an intestinal colon cleanse, just to make sure that the organs are functioning properly. We clear a lot of that inflammation out and then we can get into that, that aspect of autophagy where we're now starting to really clean and clear the cells and, and protect them the best way we can. Um, but so the symptomatic aspects are really they're a draw they're a drawing so it's really highlighting in our to our um to ourselves of like where where we got the biggest amounts of inflammation in our body and that's generally what's going to come up because we're not realistically feeling in our everyday life we're so we're so consumed by the things that we've got going on we're not really taking the time to sit and listen to what our body's actually explaining to us and from my perspective is the body is the mind in action. So it's, it's technically where a lot of our subconscious unconscious programmings are stored. So generally if we, 
if we have an injury or if we've got some sort of pain taking place, it's the body's way of saying, hey, you've got this going on in the background and you're not seeing, seeing it. I'm just giving you an indication. And then that later, that later on can then turn into something bigger and more profound. And that comes back to that mental, emotional aspect. And this is why with fasting, it's, it's a really good process because it, it shows you what you're thinking about. You have time to sit with your thoughts as opposed to, I'm just going to get, I'm going to go and eat because I can. And you're not realistically associating that emotional aspect that's coming with the, with it. So with the symptoms themselves, they showcase what we're not seeing. And so we have all different types of symptoms. You might have aches. You might just have, um, you know, you might get headaches. You might experience some bloating at, you know, in the, in the early stages, um, of the fasting, you might experience, um, some like, you know, where you're just feeling really lethargic and, and that's generally saying that from my perspective, it's, it's generally saying that you've had too much carbs and your body's not a carbohydrate type person or, you know, from a metabolic type of, um, typing, it's not, it, it's, you've over consumed in, in the carbohydrate area. So, um, that's generally the things and symptomatic issues that there can be more acute issues, but generally speaking, they're more, they're more of a general perspective. And then this is also going to, I'll take this into this as well. So there's also from the fasting perspective, you've, for optimization, it's three, it's three, five, and seven days. Anything beyond that gets into extended fasting, 10, 14, 20, 40 day fasts. When, if you have serious chronic issues, chronic, you know, if you've got a, a chronic autoimmune issue, if you've got heart issues, you know, they all kind of come under autoimmune issues these days. But if you have a chronic issue that's, that you need to take care of. My honest opinion is to work with a healthcare professional first and foremost, and then you can lead into fasting because those, those chronic issues can be, if not looked after properly, especially during a fast and not monitored properly, will become very, very de detrimental. So it's really important to make sure we know where our health is first and foremost before we get into fasting. That's not to say fasting can't help it at the same time, but to work with a professional that, that, that works in this field is really, really important. And you, I know, I know with uh, Tyler Tolman, who's somebody I, I've respected in the industry for a long time, Tyler and his father, Don Tolman, they're probably Don, in my opinion, is the guru of fasting. Um, he would go and do forty-day fasts and have profound experiences, profound results, and and his knowledge base in the in the field is is unbelievable. And so Tyler, his son's taken on all that information, and, and he has a beautiful system as well. So the thing. But with what they do is they take people into extended fasting. They have doctors, they have biometric feedbacks to, to see what's taking place during 
those extended fasts for people that do have chronic illnesses. And they're getting really, really good results with, with what they do and, and the system in which they use. So it's really important to know before we start where we're at and then obviously during the fast what's taking place and how to then move through those symptomatic issues. And, and generally speaking, you know, like you experienced, they only, they'll only last for, you know, 12 to 24 hours in those initial onset phases and then they, they'll, you know, subside. But it's really important to take note of what they are and how they're presenting because that's going to give you a, it's going to give you something to then go, okay, well, how can I fix this so I don't experience it later on? Or how, so it doesn't get worse later on, I should say. So that's quite, that's pretty much in a, in a very small view of the, the, the aspects of the symptoms themselves and how they correlate to what takes place in the, in the fasting protocols. And I guess too, like there's so many, there's so many nuances and everyone's got individually their own makeup and own stuff going on and. Um, so it's, it, it is quite hard to dive into anything in particular because it, and it could be a myriad of different things yeah. as well, right? It could be, it could be a lot of stuff, emo- emotions, stored, stored traumas and pre-existing injuries and, and problems and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, but no, dude, that was, that was brilliant. That was brilliant. Just, just real quick. Yeah. Like- With fast, it, it, it's, it's kind of exploded just recently. Obviously Dana White just came out and shared his fasting experience and his results. So I just want to give some information on that because I've been tracking Dana for a while and only because I, I like to watch the UFC and obviously he's been sharing his experience with the team, the health team that he's been working with. He's obviously had a lot of health issues um, that's really come to light over the last year. And so he was finding a lot of the medical system was more detrimental to to him than than benefiting him. And so, you know, he was on huge amounts of medication at one point. He found a team, he found a, a, a really good team to work with and they work more in the scope of alternative care. Um, and I don't like to use that term because nothing in the health industry is alternative in my opinion. Uh, everything, you know, whether we look at it from a herbal point of view or if we're looking at it from, you know, the supplementing point of view, or if it's just on nutrition, it's, you know, it's all energy and information that we're putting in to then help support the system in the way that it needs to be supported. Um, but Dana has been working with this team and, and he alleviated a lot of his health issues before doing the fast. And he, the protocol in which they use is, is something similar to the way I use. And that is to realistically establish health within the, the system itself and then go into then supporting and, and restructuring and, and, and cleaning up the cells themselves. And that's why fasting is generally that second stage after fixing those health issues. And so Dana shared it perfectly in regards to their process. He didn't explain so much of the protocol itself, but he said he did a 72 hour fast, which took 86 hours. Now, when you look at that, he's, it's realistically, they've had a, a, a leeway either side of, of like bone brothing into the fast and then bone brothing out of the fast. So, um, yeah, it's, 
just wanted to highlight that because it is a it is a bit of a topic that everyone's speaking about and a lot more people since then have been asking me a lot more questions in and around fasting as well so it's yeah again it's it's really important to establish a process in and then also having that protocol coming out yeah so run me run me through high level um your protocol as well because it was something that i was going to touch on is and i think it's become probably more apparent just from speaking now is look fasting is great but there's also there's also a time and place for it and it's not it's not something for everyone um it could be something for everyone but immediately there's probably a lot of people out there that it's probably not the 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 best next step for them to take so i guess talk to me about your protocol i guess from from the assessing um in where someone's out what are the what are the the fundamental things that people should really have in order before moving into the fast and then i guess talk to me a bit more about the the protocol of of going through that fasting process yeah it's a it's a science and and i mean real science in its essence (laughs) not manipulated fabricated science (laughs) when we make the initial decision to fast the body's going to start to then prepare itself it has an an it has an innate ability to to start to then draw on areas to prepare itself for for the fasting period it you know once we make that intent the intention to hey i'm going to do a 72 hour fast i'm going to do it on this date the body goes cool no worries i've got time I'm going to regulate myself. I'm going to draw on the on the area, you know, the nutrients that, that we need to then preserve ourselves. And so it it sets the foundation of the fast. So with I generally will get people to start to eliminate certain foods out of their diet leading into the fast. You know, sugars, coffees, um, starches, anything that's um high glucose kind of or high glycemic kind of aspects where it's gonna where it's gonna be a little bit harder for the body to process because if we can come in under the guise of more of a ketosis state it's gonna be a little bit easier for the body to process. So we're gonna so what I generally will get people to do is start doing some breathing techniques. So somatic breathing techniques to, to bring us out of a sympathetic nervous state. Most people are running on high volume. They're, they're in a, highly, a fairly highly physiological load, loaded state. So the process is to slow back down to get the, the physiological load, the, the stress, the chemical um, releases in our system to drop back down so we're in, in more of a neutral balanced state so over the, over a week, we can kind of, you know, over six, five or six days, we can pretty much get ourselves to a really beautiful state where we're, we're completely balanced. We're in an equilibrious state and the body's not going to go through these massive, massive withdrawals into these symptomatic issues so much. So alleviating coffees, alleviating starches and sugars is, is primarily where I, I get people just to eliminate over a few days. So by the time they get to two or three days before the fast, they're already moving into states of ketosis. And so 
once you once you're in that state the body is functioning optimally as it is and then during that process once you get into the lead into the into the fast itself so i will always usually have around a half a day window where it's only vegetable juices and bone broths now if you are vegan or vegetarian and you don't drink bone broth that's fine just do veg just do vegetable juices um you know with really good stuff like your gingers your turmerics your beets your celeries um your cucumbers those kinds of vegetables to to um so the body's got a maximum nutrient content or, or a beautiful big um amount of nutrients that, that it gets to draw off and with you know a lots of minerals and trace minerals in there so you do that for half a day and then once you start the fast it's water and water only water with salts you if you're having coffee or if you're having juices during fasts it's technically breaking the fast and we're actually putting more toxins into the system than we are trying to get them out and the whole premise again of fasting is autophagy it's that cell excretion to get rid of those toxins to then rebuild the cells themselves so with coffee unless you unless we're getting a really good clean bean it's very toxic in its essence you know it's one of the most sprayed fruits on the planet um and that's not to say it doesn't have amazing health benefits it's just it's got a lot more we're putting a lot more pressure especially on our adrenals so on our endocrine system by having coffee during that period and so it if we have nerve issues and those kinds of things, it's going to be more detrimental to us at the end of the day. If we are adrenally fatigued, if we have thyroid issues, and we're dra- and we're and we're draining the resources because coffee is a drawing aspect, it's also a stimulant, so it's going to draw off the off the kidney and the pancreas, and so it's going to be more detrimental in its in its effect than it actually is going to be more beneficial during the fasting period. So. For me, water fasting is water fasting and water fasting only, and it's you block it out. So you go, you have the your bone broths and your vegetable juices half a day before. By the time you start, it's seventy-two hours from six o'clock in the evening to six o'clock seventy-two hours later, and that's that's water only, water with salt in your water. And once you finish the fast, you then the same way you came in is the same way you lead out. So we we go through the same process, bone broth and and uh, vegetable juices for half a day. And then at the end of that half a day, having some really, really nice um, good fruits that are going to support certain organs. So pineapple, for instance, for the liver and the gallbladder is really, really beneficial. The acidity that's in pineapple is really, really beneficial. And then watermelon, is more for for the pancreas and the and the and the kidney, so I usually will have them with some honey, and maybe um, some really good probiotic yogurt. Whether it's a you know a probiotic coconut yogurt or a kefir yogurt or something that's going to put new enzymes and and to help um, reestablish the gut microbiome is really going to be beneficial during that period. Um, and I'll usually I'll usually salt a little bit of my water as well. Oh, sorry, my fruits as well. Um, but generally with a really, really good honey, a really good local honey that's got a nice um, flowery sense to it, 
it's antimicrobial in its essence. So it helps support the gut. It helps support, uh, you know, the bacteria that we have within our, within our system. So that's how I'll generally come out and then I'll, I'll eat that. I'll have a bit of nourishment in that regard. And then the next following day, if we do start in the evenings, then I'll go into having more soft cruciferous vegetables and then moving into meats. And I always reassure people just to slow the process right down because we will get to the end and be like, cool, I get to eat now. Let's just, let's just gorge on food. But we have to remember that everything shrunk, the, the, the organs themselves and the endocrine systems changed. It's now excreted a lot of the stuff that it needed to get rid of. It's now cleaned and cleansed. So we want to just put clean food in first. And then over time, you can start to then add, you know, back into your starches, your other fruits and those kinds of things. But the, the three main fruits I stick to are papaya. Uh, if you're going to eat papaya, have some, eat, eat it with some of the seeds. The seeds are really, really important because they are anti-parasitic and anti-fungal. Um, don't eat a huge amount of them. They're not the, the best tasting. But papaya with watermelon and pineapple, they're the three fruits that I'll generally start back on. They're the best ones to break fast with because they, they actually support the organs. And then moving into more cruciferous softer vegetables later on with salads, you know, tomato. Tomato is amazing for the heart. If you actually cut the tomato in half, it actually looks like a heart with all the pulmonary aspects and arteries coming out of it. So tomatoes are really powerful for the heart. Um, so that's generally my lead in and my lead out. Now, during the process of the fast itself, I have somatic tapping, breathing techniques, and then also like using a gasha, uh, which is a scraping tool is going to obviously be really beneficial. Now, if you are doing anything beyond three days, my, I would suggest to get into a infrared sauna at least twice to really draw the the dead debris and toxins out and use the gasha while you're in the uh while you're in the the sauna itself if you're on a three if you're just on a three day on a 72 hour you know doing jujitsu is amazing during that period you, you you're active you're sweaty you are gonna you know you're gonna build in you're gonna burn a lot more fat those kinds of things but it's you're going to sweat it out. So just like, you know, getting in under a shower or getting in the ocean is going to be really, really beneficial during those periods as well. Like getting, you know, defragging, standing under the sun as much skin as, as exposure as we can um, during fast is really important, especially morning sun. We get full spectrum of light through our eyes. Very, very important uh, right up until around that nine o'clock period. So from sunrise to nine o'clock is really, really beneficial we get full spectrum of light in um, and that's going to support a lot of our structure. You know, we got, we all got taught photosynthesis when we're in what year three or something like that. And seem we all seem to have forgotten about it, but you know, we are we're just like plants to a fair degree. Uh, obviously we move around and we're not stuck in the ground, but we also have that aspect of photosynthesis where vitamin D is really, really important. So um when we are fasting, we're watering our system. We need that vitamin D and we need that full spectrum of light to come in and support us in that process too. So don't overlook those things. If you just want to keep it more, uh, 
linear in regards to I just want to do the fast and I'm just going to do the the the, the protocol and the lead in and the lead out then then cool just do that but those other things are really really beneficial during those periods and I mean it's interesting to think about too because I mean you threw a lot out there just then and um, I think it's having gone through it and there was probably majority of what you spoke about I ticked off during um, my experience and I think having um, access to you and access to the guys in the group and then also just taking the fast seriously and going okay I'm going to do what I need to do I'm going to make sure I keep moving my body I'm going to make sure I get out to the beach and and whatever a lot of those things just naturally got ticked off mm. in just kind of being committed to wanting to just take the time to slow down and take the time to get out in nature and take the time to to sit there and and experience what the mind was telling me and taking the time to still train and um to get sun and all of these things that you were you were talking about and I just wanted to highlight that because there was there was so much in what you said and it's so gold, but um, it can almost seem quite overwhelming. But I think with the right support network and just a commitment to wanting to go through this and experience for oneself, it's actually quite simple um, in just in just ticking off those things. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. and and look, you probably don't lose any any time because the time that you'd spend eating or <laughs> in a drive-through or preparing a meal or thinking about food, you get all that time back. So it's almost like you're just replacing it. Um, but I guess to to lead in, like for anyone who wants to do this, and for anyone who wants to. Who, who isn't like, I'll just go and give it a crack myself for someone who wants to really lean in and go, no, I want, I want these full benefits. Like I want to, I want to do this properly. I want to, um, I want to make sure that I'm getting the most out of it, but also that it's the right thing for me to do. What, what do you offer in terms of people coming to you and then you guiding, guiding people and helping people throughout this process? How can, how can people leverage you to, to go through this? Yeah, I, I just set up a, a fasting, like this fasting protocol in which I use. So I, I share these breathing techniques. I share a lot more deeper insights to get the most benefit out of out of the fast because it's also a healing journey as well. It's taken us into those those spaces where, you know, where the body wants to naturally heal, but it, we're getting in our own way by, you know, like you said, like, by eating and, and t- you know, when we really think about eating, just think about the time that we use in that space. And I'm not saying eating's bad. <laughs> I love food. When, we, when we're in that fasting space, we, we look at it and we're like, man, I just wasted a whole hour when I used to eat, <laughs> you know, um, as opposed to going and standing outside in the sun or going into nature where, you know, being in support of nature where it's going to obviously help those healing proponents. But what I offer is deeper insight. I offer these these certain techniques. Um, I offer the support, the the information, and the wisdom of you know I've been doing this for three or four years now, um, fairly solidly. Um, I, I generally will do a fast nearly once a month, whether it's a three, a five, or a seven day fast, 
depending on what my body needs, I train a lot. Uh, I, I'm in the gym a lot. I, I'm doing jujitsu myself. Um, and, you know, I've always been someone that's super active and on the go. So to take the time to honor the things that I do to like slow back down for the, for those, those three days, even, you know, I, I still will go and train and do those things, but it's more active recovery training more so than, than um, doing like big workouts. And so at the moment I've got uh, roughly around 17 or 18 people doing a, a full moon fast. I generally will fast in and around the full moon or new moons. They, when we're in cycle with this, with the, the moons themselves, they actually help with the, the fasting process as well. This gets into more esoteric uh, fundamental stuff. Um, but the energies in and around those times when we actually, when we're doing things of this nature where we're now kind of breaking down the subtle aspects or the veils or the, the faculties, so to speak, we, we actually harmonize with the moon as opposed to it allowing it to affect us, affect us the way that it normally does where everyone's in chaos and it's a full moon, it's eclipse season and ah, it's like all this, this craziness when we actually harmonize and, and, and work with the structures and the energies of these moons that it, it can, it can be used as a really powerful tool to, to dive deeper into the process and the healing aspects as well. So, uh, so at the moment I'm, I'm holding once a month to do either on a full moon or a new moon. And, um, it's just a, a mechanism of support. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm honored to, to guide people through the journey with this one. It's a, the bigger one that I've done so far. So if anyone's interested, by all means, get in contact. <laughs> yeah, mm, absolutely. And I, I think, like we said, this is definitely something that anyone can kind of do in whatever way that they want to do it. Um, and I guess that's similar to most other things, I mean, going to the gym, right, we can go and we can do it ourselves. But if we choose to work with a personal trainer or we choose to go under a program which is intended for a specific purpose, lose weight, gain muscle, increase athletic performance, whatever it is, um, there's always going to be, there's always going to be so much more uh, benefit to doing that. Um, and so I feel like this is very much the same and I'm really grateful to have had you as well as all of the other guys in our group um, to just bounce back and forth and share experiences right. and then you share all that deep insight. And mm -hmm. like for me, I wouldn't have even have thought on day two, I'm thinking, man, this jaw is fucking pissing me off. And you're like, this is what's going on. And I think coming back to that narrative, it's almost like that helped alleviate the pain for me was knowing that it's just the body detoxing. Yeah. It's doing its thing. It's just it's just clearing things out, and that and that's okay. And I think there are so many so many nuances and things that we didn't even touch on today. I'm sure, like so many <laughs> different different things that we can we could dive into um, that will come up for people. And and having that that group, the accountability, the 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 knowledge and the information. I just see I just think it's a no brainer. I just think it's a no-brainer, especially when moving through these longer periods. Even three days, like I, I intermittent fasted for a long time, and it's great. Like I love it. Um, 
haven't really looked into it massively. It's just a personal experience thing. But I think when I stepped into this three day, I was like, nah, like I really want to make sure that I'm, I'm doing it right. And, yeah. and, um, doing it the best way that I can as well. So if I hadn't had you there, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even have done it to be honest. Well, that's the big thing. It's, it's optimizing to get the best result at the end of the day. And every, you know, there's the people would be like, yeah, it's, it's only fasting. I can do that. No problem. But then they, you know, like they get into that, that second day kind of period where it is realistically probably one of the harder days and you start to really challenge yourself and like, ah, oh, it's not a big deal. I've done 48 hours. I just, it's not a, you know, you get into that psychology aspect and, you know, you're experiencing that pain and, and you don't know what that is. And you think, man, this is going to get worse. And, you know, that thought process, and it's not until someone is there in support or if someone can just explain it to you, you go, ah, oh, cool. It is. It's just the body just detoxing. It's just the body moving through this process. And, and that's not to say that, you know, every time you fast, you have to work with somebody. It's more once you have a, a really good system in place and a really good protocol and you're you're listening to your body, do it for yourself. You know, once you've got all those things in place where you know and you've experienced it and you know that you've had the support of someone that is knowledgeable on the on the on in the space, to then go, Cool, yeah, you you're all over it. You should you know, do it, do it when your body needs it. And that's the biggest thing. It's listening to the body and, and realistically just honoring it in that, in that space as well. Cause we have, it's the one thing we, we have to live with for the rest of our life. So we may as well, may as well honor it and, and look after it the best way we can. Man, so much, so much insight in that. Where can people find you? Yeah. Um, you can find me on Instagram. At the moment, I don't have a website set up. I'm just in the process of sorting that stuff out. Um, but mainly on Instagram, I'm I'm sharing a lot of health aspects at the moment. I just um, I'm going to be leading more into some men's health areas fairly prominently over the next few weeks. Um, I also do I also take people through sit uh, like a six week detox. Uh, on antifungal parasite and intestinal colon cleansers. And uh, that's a very in-depth six weeks. And it's a very powerful one. Obviously, you know, even just with fasting, we can we can have clarity of mind and all that cognition can kind of clear up. But when we really get into the nuts and bolts of, of the systemic issues that are taking place and really clearing and clear them out over a six-week period, it's it's very profound and and um, powerful what actually gets drawn out of the, the body and how much energy we, we have at the end of that six weeks. So that's another powerful um, offering that I have. And then obviously then there's also the personal coaching as well. It's my passion. I love sharing and imparting knowledge and, and, and information with people and, and, and seeing people thrive, especially with their health. Awesome. Well, man, thank you. It's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure. And, Thank you, brother. Um...